Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. Now, we have been talking during the month of January all about employees, how to source good employees, how to um, take them through your HR process, talking last week about calculating employee turnover, just all the goodies this week. And so I decided as just a little special episode to bring my own HR manager on to have a little chat with me. And her name is Jenny Slaby. And I would have to say she is totally amazing. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. you. (laughs) Appreciate that. Yeah, this is exciting for me. So uh, just a little bit about Jenny. She started with uh, my pet business Five years ago now, we're rolling right up on your fifth anniversary, right? February 1, 2018. February 1st. We gotta have a party. Well, Melanie's February 14th or something like that. Okay, so two of my managers, my general manager and my HR manager, both started within two weeks of each other. And Ashley started in February as well. I know. Different it's like, year. Different year. Fe- Melanie February. and I are the same year. February is, is a little crazy for us with celebrations around here. So... Um, you know, just thinking back to that, you originally started just as a pet sitter dog walker, right? I did. Okay. I did. And um, you probably know this better than I do. Oops. Um, what what year was it that we transitioned you over? Was it last year? 2020. It was COVID year. COVID year mm-hmm. was when we moved you over? Yep. Okay. Summer. I think it was June. Okay. That's probably about right. That's whenever we um, brought on a, a new local business here in St. Louis and so we had a lot of transition. We had new people coming in. Mm-hmm. We had to... We had COVID to deal with. There were a lot of yeah different variables that were going on. Yeah, we had a... Um, we had... We were taking on really a new territory. We were moving into the city area by taking on that that new business and so all of a sudden we're like crap we have to hire some people right so um you know and and honestly when you came in I don't know tell me tell me what you remember our HR system was like then our hiring funnel do you remember what you thought about it um I think it took a little bit of a backseat at that point because Melanie, who was the only other person in the office at the time, was managing the daily operations and the clients and everything that goes along yeah, with that. She was doing everything. And so the the HR piece of it and the hiring piece definitely was kind of hiding in a corner. And it would happen when it would happen. Mm-hmm. But there was not an intentional, I don't think, method to get people, good people, into the company at that point. Yeah. That I was mean, my I, impression. Oh, that totally makes sense. It's it's funny whenever you feel like you had worked on something for a while, but then from the outside, it's like, yeah, no, that needs a little bit of tweaking. Mm-hmm. So I know we had really started working on it prior to COVID and we were getting some steam, but then pff, kind of everything we all know went a little downhill fast. So once we got to that point where we did start to, to need to hire, um, we really were able to take a step back and look at the actual system itself. Mm-hmm. And so since then, we've really spent a lot of time systematizing it. We have. And that was an interesting time in history as well. With all of the COVID stuff going on, we had kind of a flux of applicants who were pretty high value that we possibly didn't seem to have for a while mm-hmm. that was kind of a new thing like oh look at look at all these great people we're getting because people were reevaluating their careers and their lives and what they were doing for money and what they were doing with their time so that kind of started a fresh I think a, a fresh time in our hiring period that gave us some insight that maybe we wouldn't have had otherwise that's true uh, yeah, the pandemic gave, gave us a lot that we wouldn't it have had did. otherwise. It did. Of course, we were also managing our employees at that time who 
decided they didn't want to take the risk. Yes. So there was right. just an awful lot that you jumped right into with both feet. Um, I mean, of course, tell us a little bit about your background. You're you're not HR certified or not. anything I have no special. No HR history at all. Actually. So fill us in what your history is. <laughs> um, so I, my history is in psychology. I have a master's in psychology and used that up until the time when I had my children. And at that point in my life, I did not want to go back into that world just, you know, for personal reasons. And so I was just kind of exploring and doing part-time things when my kids were in school. And then this job came up. And so it's been a learning process. When my title was even different at that point. It wasn't HR manager. It was something else. It was it was operations Did, manager. Yeah, we had I you think. labeled as operations mm-hmm. manager. So then it kind of though bled into this HR role that it has now become and it's been a learning process. Honestly, from from start to finish. But Yeah, it's it's it was really the point that the company was growing as COVID was starting to slow down. We were needing more people to work for us. Uh, you know, the, the demands of the field and the operations were too busy. So many new clients coming in that we were really able to start dividing up our organizational Correct. chart and, and starting to put the right people in the right places and defining what those individual positions actually needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and we realized at that point that hiring is, I mean, it is completely its own entity. Mm-hmm. You know, any of the pet business owners that are listening who are doing all the things right now. They they know how much time it takes, and it really does. It has to be um, a priority, as we heard from our previous interview with Jordan Blanton with Peak City Puppy. Uh, recruiting is huge um, to be able to kind of keep up with the growth curve that all of us saw over this past summer and fall, because we certainly saw it here. Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> And then we've also seen a, our own fair amount of change in labor force. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the biggest things that we see is, uh, you know, a lot of the job hopping. So we have to be very cautious yes. as we're evaluating. Yes, that is a huge deal because you spend a lot of time, a significant amount of time hiring someone, training them. And then if they don't last, you're basically starting over. And investing all of that time in it again. Yeah. So finding somebody who is invested is difficult. Probably one of the most difficult pieces of it. It is. And then just making sure they onboard well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only do so much. You know, you can... Well, we always try to refine our hiring process and try to find the right questions that are really going to dig into potential behaviors or concerns. Because, of course, we do want somebody that stays mm-hmm. long enough to really benefit the company, um, but also making sure it's the right fit for them. So, right. I mean, we really we really set up our system to try and identify those on, on the front end. I do think that we call them ride-alongs. It's when, during the orientation process for a new employee, they go out with our current team members and see how it's all done. They, it's basically shadowing the first day. And then the second and third day, they go out and start doing the work. And I think that's a good, you know, it's good for them to be able to know that they can be honest with us and say, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot more than I thought, which does happen. That has happened. People think that they're just going to, oh, I'm just going to go walk a couple dogs. There's a lot more to it than that. But that, I think, is a piece of our training process that, works really well to help us and to help that new employee evaluate whether or not it's going to be a good fit. Yeah, and it was right before you came on uh, as manager that we were developing our team trainer program. Hmm. And so you kind of took that first iteration and improved it. And we made it a more solid structure. Um, Actually, how we select our team trainers, actually bringing them in, and having their own entire training module that we do with them. Didn't you used to train? Didn't you used to be like the person out in the field? Or did I make that <laughs> up in my head? Well, no, I mean, a long time ago I was. Right. Well, I guess probably that not like... not that long ago. You know, I've had spurts back and forth with my business over the years where 
I've, you know, because I didn't have enough layers and management layers and, and accountability people that I would end up back out in the field and, you know, doing all the things myself. So mm-hmm. that's how I relate so well to everybody listening because <laughs> I've been there 25 years. Heck yeah, I've been there. It takes time. Yeah. So, um, so really just, I guess, kind of tell me about the, the structure of the responsibility that you have. Of course, you know, we do have, you know, people, people coming on board. So just kind of run us through what uh, your, your steps, your responsibility, what you do from the time that someone first applies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Two words come to mind, communication and tracking. So the system that we use is built to be its own little, it's its own tracking system, basically, which allows me to keep everything straight and organized in my head. Um, So we use a system called Jazz HR, and it allows, you know, you can take notes on each applicant, you can track whether or not they've interviewed, you can track the times that they're setting up their interview, everything is within that system, so it makes it very easy. Mm -hmm. So... You know, when somebody first applies, we kind of have our basic qualifications that we look at. If we somebody passes those, then we move on immediately as quickly as possible to the Zoom interview process. So we have a two-step interview process. We do a Zoom first, and then we bring them into the office for an in-person interview. And the reason I say ASAP is because sometimes people are looking for multiple jobs at once, and if you miss that open window and they've already gotten an interview with somebody else your chances go down yeah, especially retaining that person yeah especially with people needing yes needing employees badly mm-hmm. <laughs> so much that um let's see what did i just see uh all these is paying 1650 an hour mm-hmm. i just saw that i think both um the burger king up here and the taco bell both say like 15 an hour qt i think is up there it might be God, i, don't, I, I don't think they're like quote what it is but i thought it was 16 or God, i thought they were closer to like 18 to 19 maybe and and qt if y'all don't have one in in your state that's a, a gas station large chain gas station yeah with a little convenience store in it yeah so, you know, I mean, we do we do have that kind of competition, but the nice thing is that people who are wanting to work with animals are going to be looking for a little something different, we find, generally. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Whether are. or not they have experience doing that or not, that's kind of across the board. Yeah. But then after that initial interview, a lot of times you can tell a lot about a person just from that Zoom. It takes 15 quick minutes, and the way they respond, the confidence they have, that's one um, characteristic, I think, for our employees that we need is self-confidence. Because if they don't have it, they will not be confident out there in the world on the job by themselves. Yeah, There's nobody there to hold their hand when they're at a client's house. So they have to have an element of self-confidence that you can see pretty clearly in a Zoom interview. Mm-hmm. But the next step is bringing them in for a face-to-face interview. So we kind of weed through those Zoom interviews and choose people that we think are worth bringing into the office, at which point myself and at least one other manager, usually two, are in there asking additional questions. Sometimes it's like a firing squad. It is. <laughs> we apologize when we all happen to be here. Yeah, it's... but I think that our group <laughs> has a way of making people feel comfortable. Like they don't I don't. I hate to see somebody nervous. I yes. know that's just a natural reaction. Yes. But, so trying to make them feel comfortable, and you know, this is a laid back interview. You do not need to worry about dressing up or whatever. We kind of leave that up to them, but we do want to make them feel like they can ask any questions and just be honest. And I think I see, you know, when I'm in on those interviews, um, I do see them kind of relax because Good. you know we, you know we we kind of play off of each other really well. Yeah. And true. Um, you know, we've got some really heavy hitter, amazing communicators on the management team that, um, make them feel very comfortable. So, you know, I can kind of feel that in the room. They come in and they're like, uh, and then they do end up relaxing just because we're just having a conversation. Yeah. And I think it's overall a very laid back company. Yes, we absolutely have regulations and rules and policies and things that we are strict about, but it's... I use the word happy-go-lucky. I don't know. There's just a sense of, what's the word I'm looking for? 
It's our culture. Yeah, I work hard on that. A I really positive do. environment. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of how I've tried to structure our management team because it's a trickle down. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and it, and it does, it helps us whenever we, we're hiring people, people feel that when they come into the company, I want them, I want people who come in for an interview to be like, damn, I want to work for this company. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, I want them to like tangibly be able to feel the, the culture as they come in here. Mm-hmm. And I... We might be backtracking a little bit, but something I think, too, that gets people excited, we were just talking about this this morning, is the website. Them, A lot of applicants will go to the website first before they even come into the company or before they even apply for an interview, and that gets people excited first. Yes. And then when they come in and they meet nice people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice Who are good. not intimidating and scary, and then it's like, okay, I, I could work with these people. Like, the company looks great. The people look great. So... Double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah, that's true. And and I like that. And, you know, of course, that's that's one of the key things that we really look for in our process is um, my ears always perk up when there's someone that comes in for an interview that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a question about this on your website. Mm-hmm. Or we just had an applicant who clearly was on our About Us page and saw our values tree and was talking about work that matters. I'm like, <laughs> you're speaking my language. There were a couple <laughs> different things she said that were like direct quotes from the website. Which I, I know. Was great. I'm like, Oh, I was saying, brand new, sir. Uh-huh. And she wrote a beautiful cover letter that also had a few elements in there from the website. So, yeah, I, like I mean, to see that. you know, everybody that's listening, don't you love that? You're <laughs> like, okay, we're just going to beeline you right to the front of the interview line. So, and she lives in an amazing area. So, winner. Yep. Yep. But, you know, it's nice when you get those, those applicants in too. So, that is pretty amazing. You know, and of course, you know, one of the big things that I appreciate appreciate uh, about you Jenny is you come to the company uh, again you weren't looking for something that's necessarily in your background in your field Mm -hmm. because I mean trained counselor Mm -hmm. uh, but you ended up finding landing in a place where it fits your skill set so well you um, you are the consummate sensitive caring communicator and it's all of those those skills that you see well you would hope you would see in all counselors but I mean that's kind of the purpose is being able to be that good listener and being able to pick up on some of those um those really subtle things in people and so Mm -hmm. um of course we didn't get all the way through exactly what you do in the process but you nurture our team through onboarding and even afterwards and that is that is why you are so ideal for this position because you fill a gap that we had that's so nice i mean we've got great communicators on our team absolutely but you have a different presence about you and i've seen that repeatedly so i am i am so thankful that you are still with us (laughs) (laughs) well this job is one of those jobs like your little girl dream job i either wanted to be a prima ballerina or do something with animals. You know what I mean? Okay. Which okay. I never I was really say, planned oh, you... to do as an adult. It just worked yeah. out that way. So maybe that, you know, there's just a natural fit there. There you go. Yeah, because you get your fix too. You yeah. get to go out. Yeah, I do. Get so, to meet some of those Yeah. Ladies. You know, it's it's interesting because um, our, our management team here, for everybody that's listening, I have managers do our new client appointments. We only have our actual field staff do that if it's like a medical situation, like... Um, diabetic cat and they really need to have their eyes on the exact process that the owner is using so we can reproduce that but typically our managers go out and when we were looking at that kind of transition with Jenny's position when she was originally that operations manager to moving her into the HR I kind of went to my managers and um, just had them individually write down what they liked the most about their job and what they liked the least and one of the things she liked the most was doing new client appointments which does not really fall under hr it doesn't but it falls under something that brings you joy right and And so it's still a part of my position i'm like absolutely i (laughs) love that that is good management because people will keep doing what they enjoy so 
you know, that's a part of my, that's a part of this job that I absolutely love and I still get to keep doing it. Yes. And it's, I mean, you are, you are the face of the company. You're, you're one of the first people they meet and it's just so ideal for you just because of your ability to communicate and then you get to love on the babies and you really bring that, the culture and, you know, who we are as a company directly to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they hear it in Melanie's voice when they talk to her during the setup process. For sure. And, um, you know, that is all great, but you know, it's that, it's that face-to-face contact and how we relate to the actual client that is so huge. So, you know, that's one of those little extra things that, that you keep on the side. But I mean, other than that, um, you know, we're going to chase squirrels here, of course. I think everybody that's listened to me so far knows that I occasionally do that. A little bit of a tangential uh, thinker here. Um, so backing up to your actual process itself. So yes. we've got people in here, we go through the interview process. Mm-hmm. We have found someone that is like a great candidate. And so really, what what's your position after that? What do you usually do? Well, so we always discuss all of our applicants with the management team on our Thursday meetings just to kind of get an overall consensus. And then once we choose someone, that's when we start the orientation process. So we kind of get them set up as an employee, do the background check, reference check all of those standard things but the orientation process is key it takes i would say on average a week a week is pretty quick but a week sometimes two weeks if we're working with somebody who has a full-time job monday through friday you know just scheduling those opportunities for orientation and training are a little bit more difficult so let's say one to two week process of orientation that takes place both here in the office and then again, out in the field, those ride-alongs that I talked about earlier, um, getting out there face-to-face with the pets where our employees can kind of assess their handling skills, but also answer lots of questions while they're out there together. Lots of questions. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's some home study. We give them manuals. They work from their manuals at home. And there's some testing that we do as well. We do expect a minimum grade not grade. Well, I mean, 90% of I mean, kind of a grade, but the purpose is not to grade them. It's to teach them. So, you know, if they are struggling with that portion of it, then there's review, extra review that's done. Um, I will say it's a pretty intense orientation schedule more than people typically expect. I, yeah, nine times out of 10, people are like, wow, I didn't know there was this much to it. They are absolutely, yes, surprised by that. Um, but that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's really a good thing because it shows them how much we invest in these clients and these pets. Right, right. You how know, we don't want them to be going out there unprepared. We want them to feel completely ready. Yeah. I mean, so, that's that's part of our culture too. Is, yeah. I mean, our onboarding process, how that just leads into making them more confident about what they're doing mm-hmm. and confident in knowing that they've got backup at all times and um yeah there's there's just a lot of moving parts there but you know at the end of the day (laughs) once we get through it i've gotten many uh, comments from new employees that are so appreciative because they're able to take this additional knowledge and and use it in their own lives with their own pets absolutely myself included yeah so um you know if i hadn't clarified before to everyone listening we do not hire for experience i know that is one of those big conversations in the industry is oh i need to hire somebody who's done this before who is a vet tech or you know who's worked in a kennel well we typically i mean not that we rule those people out but we really are looking for amazing pet lovers who are great communicators, who are team players, who have a high level of reliability and responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes in all different shapes and sizes. We ha- Our team is so diverse. It really is. You really can't pinpoint a type. Yeah. There's just so many. I mean, age range, uh-huh. experience, uh-huh. personal, everything. Yeah, I mean, our, well, I have to say our youngest is probably my daughter. She's 18. She's definitely um, the youngest. Yeah, she hasn't gotten fired yet. So, 
So that is good. But typically we hire 21 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see. Our maximum is 70 right now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess he's the oldest right now. Yep. So, and I guess, you know, speaking of he, that's one of those things that has been such a dynamic change in the industry over 25 years. It used to be just women that worked for me. Yep. And we have how many, we, we actually have here up. I'll have to see about putting a, a drop in a, um, a Facebook post so you guys can see what the two of us are looking at the office right now. I have a, a large banner on the wall that actually has our um, team values tree. You can also see the values tree on our About Us page on our uh, website. But, you know, it, it, the root of it is work that matters because that is, of course, what we do. And then it has really our five values that, that we hold um, in our company. Accountable, reliable, communicator, team player, and independent. So we have a 10 by 6 banner on the wall where we have pictures of each one of our staff members up around it. Even though we're such a spread out team and we don't see each other's faces very often, um, we can ground ourselves but by looking at the pictures of the faces on the wall and, and not be... Uh, so distanced from them. Look on that banner right now. What one? There's five, two, three, but four, there's the, five. we just hired someone that makes six. Okay, so yeah, well we have six guys on our team, and you know a wide range of ages. That's that's what's been so fun with this is you know the input that they bring and the viewpoints and. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun with, with the diversity we have. And then, you know, we have new employees all the way up to, um, Ellen has been with us the longest. She's been with us for nine years now. So, um, so yeah, we've, we've got a little longevity up there too. So what I think too is fun is when we all get together, the diversity that, you know, with all of us being in a group interacting interpersonally, it's, it's fun to watch people from all different backgrounds and coming together and you know, having this one thing in common. After you are done taking staff through orientation, mm-hmm. what are what's your next process after that? Follow up. So for the first, well, for the first week, generally two weeks, once they start actually going out on their own and doing visits, we they're in trainee mode. That allows us to monitor what they're doing pretty closely. But then after that, once they're kind of out on their own doing solo visits, we have a process of a 30-day follow-up, a six-month follow-up. Wait a minute. I think there's a three-month in there as well. There was a three-month, and I don't know if I still have that in there. Anyway, I know there's <laughs> Regularly. a six-month. Right, and then there's a year. And then after the year, so we're, we send out surveys with – tailored questions to find out what they're enjoying what they're not enjoying what is confusing what is broken what you know those are the elements you came up with exactly the four Um, insights mm -hmm. and so we do follow up in addition we're always texting back and forth yeah there's no lack of communication complimenting them giving them building that self-confidence you know like oh i did something Mm -hmm. right um to keep them keep them going give them stamina to keep going people like to know that they're doing a good job and then, yeah, one thing that I realized this year as the owner of the business of the full management team is that I was losing connection to the team myself. Mm. And if you are trying to, you know, steer the ship of culture and having a uh, far separated team, we, we cover a diameter of about 45 miles. So we are all spread out, but trying to still maintain that family feel, um, I needed to uh put more of myself into it. I do a weekly video update that I send out that all staff are required to watch. But beyond that, I actually set up little uh, uh, video appointments with each of them. So I was able to talk and really find out what each of them individually has going, dig a little bit more into their life, which I know is, um, that's really important to us in the culture that we're building is to truly know the people that we are working with, know what their hobbies are, know what their passions are. Uh, when we hire them on, we have them fill out a team member profile that is is more about them personally and, and their likes and, you know, things like their favorite candy. Mm-hmm. So if we can ever have an opportunity where we really want to give them a shout out, you know, we send them their favorite candy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just acknowledging that we get who they are, which I think 
goes a long way with people also. It's way more than just a J-O-B around here. Absolutely. Another another thing that Janie does, just um, if she notices somebody or if we notice somebody who's really done something, it doesn't even have to be huge, just a, a little bitty thing. So, for example, we had a staff member yesterday where we had a snow and we got like two inches or something. But anyway, yeah. we got right. all scared. There was, was a big there warning was a, out. It was there crazy. was a run on the grocery store for right. bread, milk, and eggs because everybody wanted to make French toast. Right. Yeah. But we had a staff member who was out doing visits already, and she called into the office and just said, hey, I'm already out in the snow, so if anybody needs me to pick up their visits, if they can't get out, or, you know, little things like that that we take note of. And then Janie calls them out on the weekly wrap, the little weekly video, and sends them a $5 QT card. Again, that's the gas station to get some gas. You know, so it's little bitty things that go a long way. Yeah, that's one of the other things that we really like to find out from new employees is how do they like to be acknowledged? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we give them the option, you know, do you like to be publicly acknowledged? Um, You know, is it something where we we would love on you the most clearly if we publicly acknowledged you in a Facebook post? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you want private encouragement and kudos? Uh, you know, it, it really, it, a lot of it is based off of the uh, Gary Chapman's five love languages. Um, you know, do they do they like gifts? Is is sending them candy something that makes them go, oh, I'm really valued? You know, what, what really makes them truly valued in the company? So that's the nice thing about having a small business is you are able to provide those touches that, mm-hmm. that people probably don't get otherwise. We want to be uncommon. So that's that's what I like to say is we, we have a very uncommon company and, you know, we want to make sure we uncover all of those little new new things uh, that we can do to kind of keep that going and keep the culture. Yeah. Another side note to that is a lot of our employees, this is their part-time job. They have a regular full-time job, mm-hmm. which a lot of times in my mind, that part-time co- job can be put aside, like put in your pocket, like, eh, 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 you know, that one doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. But when you give them little incentives and you invest in them like that, I think they in turn invest more in the company. Yeah, that's you know? that's a lot of what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's an investment. So, you know, I mean, in the business world, they talk about, oh, your employees are an asset and you need to invest in them. Well, you know, that, that definitely is not just monetary. That mm-hmm. goes a lot further than that. Um, you know, we're really trying to... To build up a company that, you know, we're, we're trying to grow leaders. We have people who do work full-time with us who want the animal field to be a career. And so we are really trying to build careers for people here. So, uh, you know, just kind of acknowledging some of the additional needs that employees need and what we need to have to really up-level who we are to, you know, be that really strong presence in our market. So, yeah, it's just... Uh, Definitely turned into, I would say, a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. I would There's say always hiccups. That, yeah, I would say that out one side, but then on the other side, um, everybody listening just needs to understand that your HR process will always be evergreen. So yes. don't like chisel it in stone because tomorrow something is going to be different. Amen. You're going to, you're going to get an idea from somebody else in the industry that does something different. You're like, yeah cool. Why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. Um, I get that all the time. That's why I I love the sharing that goes on in our industry and and how that has changed so much over 25 years because um, we have some amazing minds in this industry. And, you know, when we all get together, we are just that much stronger. Hey, that's why I say hashtag stronger in a hive, because that is, that is the way that we are in our industry, which I love it. It's such a personal industry and we are able to, um, you know, kind of get that with each other also. So let's circle back to, uh, I guess your, your opinion, what, what are the big skills that a manager needs in general? I, you know, HR manager, yes, but just a manager in general. What kind of skills do you think that, um, you know, let, let's say the listeners are looking at bringing a manager into their company? What do you think the biggest skills are that they should, should consider when they're even interviewing? Mm-hmm. I used this word before, I think, but communication. So you just have to have, you have to have people who are willing to communicate with you, even if it is something that they have to learn 
slowly. Um, if you have an employee or a manager especially who doesn't communicate, in my opinion, there's going to be a lot more messes. Um, they have to be, feel comfortable with you and come to you when there's an issue, when they're uncomfortable with something, if they're confused, whatever. So somebody who's willing to communicate. Somebody who... Huh. Let me think here. I think I think somebody who is open-minded because I do think that any kind of roadblock or anything that comes in it's not necessarily a setback it's a learning experience so I think as long as you're moving in the right direction you're good do you know what I mean mm, yeah that's true yeah I see the open-minded they don't have to be perfect at their job as long as they're willing to learn they're they're open to new things trying new things not being set in their ways um coachable on one hand but also with a a small business um, people who are really willing to take ownership in the process um, who are very much wanting to partner with you and not just be that person who is waiting for instructions but like they use their brain and they're really able to see that, wow, you know, we kind of have a little gap here. What can we do to fill that gap? And you worded that a lot more eloquently than I did. So thank you. That's, I think that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. We fill each other's gaps here. Right. Uh, see, we work well together. That's, right. that's perfect. Right. Perfect. Oh, goodness. Um, there are lots more skills. I, uh, that's a hard question. Gotcha. That's a hard question for me. Um, I might have to think on that one for a little bit. And like you said earlier, a little bit of is of it is that intuition, just a feeling that you have about somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I I think this person's going to be great. You can't necessarily label why or the characteristics that they have. Yeah. But it's just almost like an intuition. Like, yep, I I can work with this person. Yeah. I mean, in your case, I had already known you for a couple of years. True. So. And a completely different platform but you know it was on a personal level but oh well yeah I did actually know you before that we didn't even mention that our our kids went to school together Mm -hmm. so I'd known her for several years before she started as a dog walker and pet sitter and then several years in that capacity um you know before she came on as a manager Mm -hmm. and I am pretty sure that I hired you on as manager it was only after that that I found out you had your master's in counseling. I'm like, I think, yes, you told me Oh, that, she was a psych major and she has her <laughs> master's in counseling. I wonder why. She has been trained also to be this amazing. You have the heart for it and you have the training. Um, y'all probably are not going to be able to find her. And she's mine. You can't Aww. have her. <laughs> so nice oh goodness it's definitely uh, hard hard to reproduce but again you know the, those skills I um, you know I like what you had said about the the communication that that is so important being honest being uh, coachable um, because that's, really you have to grow together in a yeah, small business and that's as a whole you know yeah. the team needs to have that as well but yeah. managers especially and flexibility uh, for you know, sure. for those of you that are listening, that are looking at taking on a manager, it's uh, that is that is a skill that I'm not sure how you can put that on a resume, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, being able to be flexible and and stepping up to what the need is at that point and open to change. Because, <laughs> well, that's yes. kind of flexibility, but things change, and knowing that and expecting that, yeah. I think, is helpful as well. Isn't that one of the questions that we have just in our general interview process? How do you react to change? Because <laughs> we kind of um, tell people that... Um, it's not predictable. It's just yeah. it's the nature of the pet industry. It's yep. We say predictably unpredictable. Right. Expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, looking at that, you know, when you're starting out and you're hiring in just a, a manager, you know... That, a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm just going to give them the stuff that I don't like doing, uh, which is not necessarily the best approach. I always mm-hmm. recommend that pet business owners build out their accountability chart or organizational chart. So 
um, you know, I'll drop a, a link to one, um, like a blank example for you in the show notes, but uh, it really, it defines the, the different positions in a company when it is really well-rounded, uh, the, the different aspects that are important in any business, not just the pet industry. So, you know, at the top, you've got your, your visionary. So in most cases, I would have to say, if you started this business with uh, your future in mind, you probably are that visionary. Occasionally, that might not be the actual business owner's position in the company, but you're the one that's really driving the ship right now as the business owner. And then underneath that person is typically your integrator. That That's the person that is the right and left hand of the visionary, you know, yeah, the visionary has that like, wow, I really want to do this. And then a lot of times they go on to the next idea of, wow, I really want to do that. Uh, the implementer is the one that's really able to bring those ideas out of the clouds and create a structure underneath those of how we are actually going to do that. Um, really helps the visionary not be so cycle in their head all the time, which is huge. And then the integrator is also, um, just kind of making sure that the all, all the functions of the company are working well together. And then that branches off into, of course, your sales and marketing person, your operations person, your HR person, um, and then also the, the financial aspect. And, you know, as a solo business owner, your name is on every one of those positions. If you've ever read the book E-Myth by Michael Gerber, you will totally know what I'm talking about because he describes this also in his book. And, you know, what you want to do just as the visionary in your time that I know y'all take when you sit down and you think big and you journal and you plan out what this business is going to look like five years from now, you want to know, like, here is what I'm skilled at, here is what I am not skilled at, and make sure you start filling in those gaps in your own abilities. Uh, I know in, in my own company, uh, I am the visionary, so yes, I have a lot of issues with implementation. <laughs> Um, I have a million new ideas in one day and you should that see. That is not an exaggeration. Oh, a million new ideas. <laughs> million. I know. I mean, like, what's the last thing that I popped out? I can't keep track. Well, you know, I have, uh, I have a private podcast that I've also yes. started for um, our pet business and I'm taking it public for marketing mm -hmm. purposes. So that's my new idea. And, you know, I was asking everybody in our team meeting, meeting today, mm -hmm. like, who are the super cool pet people in St. Louis that I need to interview? And so, you know, we're starting that list. So yeah, that's my new thing. Yeah. And I need these people to bounce ideas off of so I can make them more concrete. Like, yeah, you're, you don't have a stupid idea. That's actually a pretty good one. So, um, so I do have them for that. And then on the flip side, I am also, I am also, uh, if you study disc, I'm a high D high C personality. So I tend to be extremely direct and very task oriented. And so um, many times the people part of it gets lost with me because I'm driven to do as opposed to be sometimes. And that's that's just who I am. It's something that I have to work with. Um, and it's been a continual process now for about the past 10 years. But that is why both Melanie is my implementer and Jenny is HR manager. Um, they are people, 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 people. Yes, that that is in their bank of soft skills. They are excellent with that. And um, so I rely on that. And I knew I had to fill that gap in myself to have an effective company because I have a history of burning bridges and pissing people off. So, I, I mean, I, I say that honestly, I, I really, I really do. So, um, so I really, I, I just appreciate the team that I have. Uh, when I look at it, it feels like the dream team and I want to pinch myself, but you know, I want everybody listening to understand that you can take the steps that are necessary to get your business to that point. Now you, you might have to be somebody different. Um, I, I have had to make those conscious decisions myself on how I needed to be something different, change in behaviors so 
I, I could be that leader. Um, you know, we we're I feel like we're pretty darn lateral on things around here mm-hmm. of how we work with each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the communication that mm-hmm. we have. And I wish I could just freeze the moment in time. I know it's not going to be forever, but it's beautiful whenever you get it. Mm-hmm. And we've had it for a while. Yeah. Now. I mean, yeah. it feels like a constant now, which is good. Yeah. We've had some like extraordinary wins, uh, you know, getting getting our HR system finalized. You know, currently we are working through uh, turning our SOPs into a lot of video. And so, mm-hmm. again, we are reiterating our HR to make it more video based. Um, yeah, we we like to sit here when we, we typically do quarterly um quarterly meetings where we plan our rocks for the next quarter. And, and the first thing we do is celebrate our wins. That's that's important when you get in the daily grind and the, the phone's ringing and you're doing interviewing and there's so much going on and somebody has vertigo today and can't do their dog walks. You know, there's all of that. But, you know, most of all, instead of just like getting stuck in the, oh, crap, what do we have to do today is is really acknowledging where you have just knocked it out of the park. And another thing, we get, we come together every Thursday um, as like a short-term meetup, you know, like, okay, where are we? What are we doing? Just so that we're all on the same page, which I think has been amazing. Yeah, I Since think Since we started good. that, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do require all managers to be here in the office. And, um, you know, it's, it's that FaceTime. It's the reporting time. We all report on our scorecard metrics and what we've been doing. You know, Jenny reports on all of the new applicants and, you know, Melanie, uh, I mean, she has a few things she's responsible for. Our operations manager is talking about field stuff and different tweaks we're making there. And our marketing and uh, outreach manager talks about all the locations she stopped at and responses and events that are coming up. So, uh, you know, it's great. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great. It's when it small works. accomplishments every single week. It really is. That grow into these large rocks that yeah. we talk about. But Yeah, I know. I always talk about that 1%. Just improve yourself 1% every day and yep. the amazing impact that that is going to make for your pet business. You know, anything you do. Like, take one more step in yep. your goal and all of those are going to eventually add up. Do the next right thing. That's the I heard that. Yep. From, I think it's from a song. Just do the next right thing. Yeah. Like, otherwise, you know, it can be overwhelming looking at everything that you have to do to get to where you want to be. But mm-hmm. if you just keep doing the next right thing, you'll get there. That is so funny because the quote that I use, uh, you know, Jenny doesn't listen to any of my podcasts or anything like that for, you know, Pet Biz Guru or The Hive or anything. But um, the the thing that I say all the time is, what is your next best move? Oh, see? <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> Absolutely, right? So, um, so yeah, and, and it's not that we haven't had, like, challenges even, you know, in our own communication. And, oh, sure. And working, working the HR position into it. And a lot of it has been in defining positions and in communication. Um, you know, one of the examples that we've had a couple of times, because, of course, you want to make sure you're empowering your different positions. I mean, if you're expecting your operations person to be in charge of, um, everything that goes on during an average workday in the field, then you have to empower them to do that. They need to know that they have the full responsibility and your full support to make decisions that they need to make. If you're in there like doing take backs and cutting them off at the knees, mm-hmm. um, that is not empowering for anyone in a position. And that is something additionally that I've had to learn. And honestly, because uh, Melanie, the general manager, has been in her position for a full five years now, she's taken extreme ownership. And it's something that she and I have had to talk about and learn. Um, and, and we've had that instance with bringing Jenny on board as HR manager. And Melanie and I making decisions without involving about employees without involving our HR manager. Mm-hmm. And that's super disempowering. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but I think the really, really cool thing is that was addressed and mm-hmm. now we're cognizant of it uh-huh. and we are able to change our behavior. Yeah. It makes a huge difference when you can talk about things yeah. without fear of being reprimanded or, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And your managers need to, like you said, feel empowered to come to you and say, you know, next time 
mm-hmm. this comes up, I would mm-hmm. love to be part of that conversation. And then it happens. You know, it's just yeah. because a lot of times I think that frustrations come between managers when maybe another man has no clue. That's yeah. Like, you guys didn't do that on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something that's done on purpose. It's just an awareness of, okay, yeah, this person needs this. And so it's like the relationship between the managers is a constant. It's like, you know, they say a living thing. It's constant. We're we're changing it. We're melding it. We're molding positions. We're saying, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I need help. Um, or, you know, you've got this, you've got that. It, it's a constant thing. It's not just this is your job with steps on a piece of paper and then you go and do it. We're yeah. constantly communicating with each other. Yeah, and it's a real understanding um, and a patience mm-hmm. and a connection with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. We're both to. nodding. We're sitting here yeah, nodding. Yeah, I know. We're nodding. We're, huh, we're yeah. chewing, chewing a nail and <laughs> nodding. Yeah, you know, and, you know, just kind of the final thing for everybody that's listening that is a pet business owner that is considering having management, has ma- had management and had challenges, um, you know, or maybe you have an absolutely wonderful management team and you want to kind of expand into these additional positions and responsibilities. The biggest thing that I'd have to say myself as a business owner um, going through this, I've probably had a manager now for, I'd say, 15 years. Um, it The biggest thing for me has been a change of mindset, growing yourself, um, never being complacent with looking at who you are and how you are showing up to other people. Of course, you can have this amazing vision in your mind, but you do have to be able to take a step back and lead the people around you in your vision. Um, Because, you know, I'm sure you have amazing people. You can bring them up in your culture. You can get them excited about what you can do in your community, but you just have to step back and lead. Hmm. And there's just, you know, not much else to say about that. You have to have a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And be willing to step up and lead. And if, you know, this might sound a little bit flowery, but <laughs> are we we're getting not, woo-woo? No, like the point of life is growing, right? Yeah. You want to keep growing throughout your entire life. It's okay to do things wrong and to change and to make mistakes. And just as long as you're growing, I hate to use that word again, but you're doing something right. Progress, not perfection. Right. That's it. <laughs> oh my goodness well we will end on that note thank you so much Jenny I know fun. this is this I know this is the second time that she's done a podcast with me I had her do one for our uh, local pet podcast and um, they're fun they're fun it's really just sitting here chatting yeah <laughs> wish I had a cup of coffee yeah we do that hey I finished mine already <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me again Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?